This is Financial Detox, helping you retire with confidence. Featuring Jason Labrum, certified financial planner and founder of IDA Wealth, intelligence-driven advisors. For over 20 years, Jason has shown people how to steer clear of toxic advice, achieve financial peace of mind, and manage their wealth for maximum impact. Join Jason and co-host Alex Klingensmith as they simplify the complex, share industry secrets, and provide proven strategies designed to take you from financial insecurity to financial independence. This is Financial Detox. Hello and welcome to Financial Detox. I'm Jason Labram, your host with my co-host, Alex Klingensmith, bringing you Financial Detox live out of our Skype studio today. Alex, we're going Skype today. We are. Cool. I hope it works. Yeah, I hope Apologies if the, if the audio is a little bit different than usual. That is because we are virtual today. We are going virtual and we have a good story to tell, though, about that, right? I mean, because this kind of is the precipice of what we're going to talk about today. We're unleashing a series. And this series is the Financial Detox Investing 101. And the reason why we came up with this series is because I spent last week, I went on a trip with some really smart, um, and in, in, in a couple of cases, extremely wealthy individuals, smart and wealthy individuals. And I was completely struck again for the umpteenth time about how little people know about investing 101, investing money. But yet, um, now these people are real estate focused, so God bless them. And that's awesome. They've made a lot of money in doing that. And we, we believe in real estate as part of an allocation, but it's just continually um, amazes me about the, the lack of education when it comes to investing, the lack of general understanding, and then just the prolific amount of information, Alex, that's out there and available that people then can get so bewildered and confused by the massivity of information that bombards them on a regular basis, of which none of it is really pointed and direct in helping them understand what they should be doing. Yep. Does, that make, does that make any sense? It does. I think people also fall into what they know and what they hear. So if you hear the saying like, buy what you know, that's why so many people buy individual stocks because they know and consume them like Verizon and Apple or, you know, Microsoft or whatever the thing is, because you know what it is, you know, you think you know what it is, at least in terms of you consume that, that thing, that product. Right. It's familiarity, right? You're familiar with Apple. So you're like, I should own Apple. Besides, it's done unbelievably well. So the more you own it and it does well, the more you want to own it. And, and, and same with Tesla and so on and so forth. So, so here we are bringing the financial detox series, Investing 101. And I think you said we're going to have five different components to this series. Is that right, Alex? Or are we at five? That's right. There's five different pieces to, uh, I think what, what's, what we, people maybe want to know the origins of this too, is that we believe there's five things that you should be doing. And if you're not doing it, you're, if you have an advisor, your advisor should be doing on a daily basis. So we're going right. to just, you're going to keep it at one for today, which is going to be hard for us, but we'll, we'll do our best. It, yeah. Because we normally, <laughs> I think we normally go too deep and too wide in too short of time. And for our listeners, it's kind of hard, right? Because you just, this is like, it's a big concept when you don't do it every day. And maybe it's my 22 years of doing this that makes me you know, baffled about how little people generally know about it. But I think it's important to know the things that we're talking about today, because this will help you either do it on your own, or it's going to help you hire the right advisor. Because now you'll know, does my advisor really know what they're talking about? Or are they just plugging in some, 
you know, firm platform product that, you know, the firm's getting paid money to sell and are they just really a salesman selling or do they actually know and understand capital markets and what they do and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think number one, by the way, before we go to what number one is, it stems from having a philosophy, right? Having a a discipline, right? The most important thing about an investment philosophy is that you have one. So that's the building block number one, right? And then from that, we go, we get a little more specific into what is the first piece, right? Really is. And so here we are, we're going to talk about asset allocation. (laughs) Yes, asset. Right. It sounds so boring. We're going to make it not boring because Alex and I are just, we're just not boring. I mean, I don't think we're boring, Alex. Now, the topic could be. Some days I feel boring. (laughs) I know, me too. Me too. I'm just trying to convince myself or ourselves. But uh, we're going to make asset allocation not boring because it isn't. It's actually really cool. And what it means is how you diversify your money. Where do you put your money in what types of different baskets or what types of different buckets? It's often just blown off as, well, that's obvious. I've got some Apple and I've got some Google and I've got some Tesla. So therefore I have asset allocation. So what are asset classes? We should define them first, right? And what are the different asset classes? How many are there? What are they? Right. And I, and I think that it's important to recognize, okay, so there's different, there's ways to think about asset allocation. There's sectors, there's asset classes. We like to think about it and we're going to encourage you to think about it from the standpoint of large asset classes. How do I invest money? Let's start at the highest level, Alex, the biggest level. And okay. I think if, if we go to the highest, biggest level, we're going to say cash is an asset class. Mm-hmm. We're going to say bonds are an asset class. Publicly traded stocks are an asset class. And then alternatives, uh, alternative investments, which then has, unfortunately, a whole slew of asset classes underneath it as well, which would include real estate, Bitcoin, hedge funds, long short Debt strategies, you know, it can just go on a gold, real asset, right? things commodities, like that. gold. Yeah, <clears throat> great point. Alternatives so, is the one where I think people get really, I don't know, it's probably the most exciting one, right? But it's also the one where you can get burned the most, I feel like. For sure. Yeah, because a lot of it ends up being private uh, investments or hedge funds or that type of structure, which unfortunately is more ripe for manipulation. And so you got to be careful and make sure you go with a, a you know, large, well-known manager. And even then that doesn't 100% protect you, but hopefully there's partnerships involved, right? Like I like to work with a BlackRock or I like to work with somebody who's a really large asset manager who then has other sub-managers because then it's like the likelihood of manipulation or fraud is pretty low and that so many people would have to be in on a scheme. Whereas if you're investing with the Madoff, you know, hedge fund or the Madoff fund, it's one guy, you know, pumping out statements out of his uh, high-rise tower in New York and they can do whatever they want. I feel better typically when there's more people involved in it, you know, more checks and balances, I guess is what we Yeah. Say. And people go to alternatives because for a couple of reasons, right? I mean, for one, because it's supposed to be, or it's meant to be non-correlated to stocks and bonds. Yep. Right. And two, <laughs> it's because they want a free lunch, <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which, which you don't get free lunch out there. Right. So everyone's looking for something that's going to be special and, and uh, give them the upside without all the downside, which, you know, I don't think exists. And uh, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back and we'll pick it up on, um, on that very topic. We're talking about investing 101, financial detox 101 
and the art of asset allocation. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, we're back. It's Financial Detox, and I'm Jason Labron with Alex Klingensmith. You can get a hold of us at 877-707-8889. You can also check us out at financialdetox.com. We have over, I think it's 200 shows that we've done, and we'd love to have you check out any of those shows. We're available, Financial Detox, Financial Detox on any podcast, wherever you get your podcast. And also, if you want to hear us on KCBQ, The Answer in San Diego. That is AM 1170 on Saturdays at 1.30. That's where you can get the financial detox show. And uh, hopefully we're bringing you some good information every single week, helping you come detoxified, avoid toxic advice, manage your wealth for maximum impact. Boom. Today we're talking about financial detox and investing 101, the financial detox 101 investing. And this is understanding the basics that you have to understand to invest well, to make good decisions, to protect and preserve your wealth, at the same time, grow your wealth. And we're talking about asset allocation, albeit seeming quite boring, asset allocation is the real deal. It is like having you know, a suit in your closet and also having your trunks. We could make some good analogy here, Alex, right? But- <laughs> We're both well-allocated guys, right? In general, like we like to do lots of different things. We work hard, we play hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's that's probably in part a, a secret to a happy life and recipe for a good life. I see too many people who have such a narrow single asset class in their life. Their life is a single asset class. I see class. where you're going here now. Yeah. Well, that's, isn't, that the, isn't that kind of like one of the meanings of life is to find that balance and the understanding and accepting that life is a constant balancing act. It's never going to be perfectly balanced all the time. As a matter of fact, as soon as you kind of get back to square, uh, square one where you feel balanced, something else is going to pull you some other direction. And so it's, a, it's, it's how you deal with that adversity and, and what you do and how you, how you choose to feel about it, right? Uh, yeah, well said. And and think about the people that we know and you know in your life that, you know, they they have a single asset class. Their life is boring. They do one thing over and over. I mean, that's just not good, right? It's not healthy. You got to have diversity in your life. You got to do different things. And and um, and so I think the thing, same thing applies in your portfolio. And so we're talking about asset allocation. We started breaking down kind of the big asset classes. We talked about cash bonds, publicly traded stocks. We talked about uh, real estate and gold and, and commodities, all kind of part of a bigger alternatives, hedge funds, credit, private equity, real estate, so on and so forth. So there's so many components to it that it should not be overlooked. And I guess that's the point of that last sentence is that sounded complex. If you're listening, you know, on your podcast or you're driving in your car or listening or something, I just mentioned things that kind of I think most people generally go, blah, it was a bunch of financial jargon, blah. But if you care about creating and preserving wealth for yourself and your family, it is important to break this down and understand it, or it's really important to hire somebody who is a sophisticated and going to think about capital market knowledge and help you understand it. So we were at the end of uh, our last segment, Alex, we started kind of diving into um asset classes and, and, and help me out. Where were we exactly going to go well, from? I think we were talking, so first we define what they are, right? We talked about the different types of asset classes and I think maybe understanding or asking people or, or explaining to people like, why does it matter? Why is it important? You know, if I, if I just buy only stocks, what's my expectation versus only bonds? 
Why would I add alternatives in there at all? Why would I have any cash at all? Why don't I have all cash? I think those are some pretty basic questions that we could answer because that helps people then make decisions because it does matter. It might be right. confusing, but when you go and you log into your company 401k plan, or if you're managing your own, you know, your own money outside of your 401k, what do you buy and why? And when do you, you know, we won't get to, I won't go too far down the road there yet, but what yeah. do you buy initially, right? Well, I think you make a good point because, you know, there, there are people holding a lot of cash right now. There's a lot of cash on the sidelines. So why do you own cash, right? Is it, do you own it for the yield? Do you own it for safety? Uh, and, you know, if you're really owning it for safety, why wouldn't you buy like a short-term U.S. Treasury and pick up a little bit of yield versus no yield, so on and so forth? So there is no one right asset allocation for everybody. There just isn't one way to do it for everybody. That's why one of the things we've done at our firm, right, is we build these portfolios along a spectrum. And that spectrum starts at really conservative capital preservation investors, people who aren't worried about growth, but are worried about preserving their capital and having low volatility and a comfortable, peaceful journey. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, we have clients who are truly worried about growth. They want to grow their capital. They want to create wealth. And you can do both, but there is a cost-benefit analysis to each one, right? If we say, okay, I'm totally conservative, we can build a portfolio for you or our clients that are unbelievably conservative, have almost no volatility and a reasonable rate of return. Let's call it three or four percentage. Um, so that's, that's great, but does three or four percent return, accomplish your goals and objectives, net of inflation and, and all the things that go on. And then again, we can build a portfolio return that just absolutely smokes the S&P 500, has a better rate of return over time um, in all likelihood and no, no promises, no guarantees, past performances, not future results and all that stuff. But, you know, we can build that. And so, so it really depends on what's right for you and how you put these different pieces of asset at these different uh, sections or asset classes together to make this kind of a perfect construction of a portfolio. So if we, if we, we started at the high level and we kind of hit on that there's four stocks, bonds, alternative investments, and cash, that's four broad categories. Yep. How many, how many within those different broad classes, I mean, how many different sub asset classes would you, if you look, were to look at an optimal portfolio, one of the ones that we manage, for example, not that it's the only way to do it, but it's the way that we think is the best. How many different asset classes would you like, would you expect to see? Well, I think it's a great question, Alex. And even in cash, I think there's different asset classes inside of cash. So we'll call those sub asset classes, right? You have the big asset classes, cash, stocks, bonds, those are publicly traded, and then private alternatives, investments, or private equity, or private debt, or real estate, or commodities. So those are asset classes. Mm -hmm. There are sub-asset classes to every asset class. So let's just talk about even cash, right? So a cash or cash alternative. Same as cash is essentially a short-term CD. I have a yep. short-term CD. I mean, this is some boring stuff. Money right? market. Money market. Money market. One, right? Yeah, you can actually have green cash. You can actually have a money market. You could have a short-term CD. You could have a short-term U.S. Treasury bond. Those are all sub-asset classes to, you know, short-term cash or cash alternatives. Boring, okay. so let's go on. Let's talk about bonds, right? So in bonds, there are, aka fixed income bonds, where you're lending your money. There are other big asset classes or sub-asset classes underneath. So I would start with government bonds. Right, so you have government bonds, then you could also have corporate bonds. 
Then you can get into mortgage bonds, types of mortgage debt. And you also then have high quality government bonds. You have low quality government bonds, high quality corporate bonds, low quality corporate bonds. So those are some of the different asset classes, or sub-asset classes, I'm sorry, international bonds versus domestic bonds, right? Long-term, short-term, high-quality, low-quality. Those are your different sub-asset classes. Also, kind of boring, but important, and particularly important right now when you think about what is going on in the interest rate environment and people who are chasing yield because they want yield. They want their bonds to pay them a high interest rate because they need that money to spend and live. And so they're in the public bond and stock market through mutual funds or ETFs or buying individual bonds. And they're totally potentially exposed to really high risk because as interest rates go up, bond prices can go down. So although it's boring, and at face level, it's so critical and it's so, it's so detailed once you get into the sub-asset classes. And there's a time and a place to own each type of bond or, or, or bond asset class. You want to be able to tune up or tune down your different asset classes depending on what's going on in the global macroeconomic environment. And your own personal financial plan, right? Which we, we don't want to jump too far ahead yet because we haven't yeah, gotten to the other. True. We, got, we have to talk about stocks and then and then some commodity or uh, some alternatives, right? To, what are the sub-asset classes in those two? Talking about asset allocation, we're trying to unpack this kind of difficult, boring <laughs> subject at break. We're like, is this how boring is this? But it's not, it's, it's, it's boring, but it's not, but it's important. It is so critical. In fact, as I stated at the top of the show, 91% of the variability in your returns, there are studies that show 91% of the variability in your returns, how much your portfolio goes up and down, how well it does, is driven by the asset allocation you choose. And we're trying to bring you financial detox, investing 101, breaking it down into five segments and five, a series of five that is going to show you um, these critical components that just, they're the building blocks. You have to get it in place. Well, you just said it. I mean, I'm, I'm like smiling and laughing thinking yeah. we could do this. It's, uh, we're, we're recording today on October 14th. We're like three weeks away from the election. We could be doing a much more exciting show about yeah. things that probably won't be helpful at all to our listeners, right? Anyone listening, it may, maybe it's more exciting and more interesting to talk about politics and coronavirus and divisiveness in the country and all the things that we've touched on recent shows. But yep. when it comes back to what you can control and what you should be doing, if you're focusing on your investing and your wealth, um, this is a big one, <laughs> like how yeah. you build your portfolio and is it really built the right way? Because if there is a storm coming, you sure want to make sure that your house is built really well before, before the storm comes, right? Not, no not after or during. That's so. so true, Alex. And you know, who's not tired of politics? I cannot <laughs> wait. I cannot wait for this election to be over. I don't even care who wins. Um, <laughs> I, I just want it to be over so we can move on with our lives, right? Yeah. Unbelievable how it's dominating. And so we're talking about things that, yeah, like Alex said, hey, this, this may not be front of the news and headlines, but this is the things that actually matter in your financial life. This is what will actually make a difference in whether you're successful and you have the uh, rate of returns that the markets have available for you out there. If you achieve the full potential of your portfolio or whether you end up being a statistic like the average investor with three and a half ish to 4% rate of returns over long periods of times in equities, which is terrible. And 
the markets have done and given so much better returns, but how do you extract those returns? Number one is financial detox 101, asset allocation. You have to have a well-diversified and a good asset allocation with different asset classes in order to preserve big downturns and in order to have the best long-term portfolio. And you can do that in a way that's aggressive or you can do it in a way that's conservative and that's what we're getting at. So we talked about you know, big asset classes and then some sub-asset classes to bonds. Let's talk a little bit just about sub-asset classes to equity, Alex, mm -hmm. because um, just as a comb over on that real quick, I mean, look, you have uh, U.S. large cap, right? So that's an asset class. U.S. stocks versus, let me try and break it down in sequence. You have U.S. stocks, international stocks, right? Those are kind of your, or emerging market stocks. So those three, U.S., international, and emerging. This is publicly traded stocks. That would be the first sub-asset class. Then within those sub-asset classes, you would go into, in the U.S., you would have large companies, medium-sized companies, small-sized companies. You would have value companies. You would have growth companies. So companies that are less expensive, companies that are more expensive. One of the biggest errors we see in, in portfolios is that people have almost all U.S. large-cap growth. And it's worked well as of late. But over long periods in history, your portfolio could suffer 4x less return, four times less return because you're focused on U.S. large cap as opposed to having a properly and totally diversified portfolio where you give yourself exposure to medium-sized companies and smaller-sized companies and value companies and some international large, mid, and small, some emerging market large, mid, and small growth and value. Those asset classes, it is important to have all those. Now, I'm not saying you should have um, you know, all of them all the time, but we, we believe that you, you should have most of those asset classes and then you tune it up or tune it down based upon what's going on in the global macroeconomic environment. That's how you have to do that, I think, and, and history shows us, right, that in order to have the best returns. I love the chart. Alex, it shows a global diversified portfolio yeah. since 1970 versus the S&P 500 and the globally diversified portfolio, which is, includes all those sub-asset classes. And then just the S&P 500, which is really one asset class, U.S. large cap growth. The returns are 4X for the global diversified portfolio from 1970 until 2009, end of 2019 and end of 2020 four times the return. So $1 turns into, you know, $2 or $1 turns into $8. It's a big difference. Yeah. And that's what, that's uh, the point of it, right? That's the point of the exercise is controlling what you can control, diversifying um, a proven, this is a proven, you know, evidence-based historical fact. Check out our show notes. So if you go to financialdetox.com, you can get the show and then you get the show notes and we'll put some good um, structure together for this, so you, for you, so you can see it laid out in front of you. And then always feel free to give us a call. Let us help you through, walk you through this. The financial detox team, financial detox team at Intelligence Driven Advisors can help you pursue better. It's Jason Labram and Alex Klingensmith at Financial Detox. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on next week's show. To learn more about financial detox and to get access to today's show notes, transcript, and resources, visit financialdetox.com. Call Jason and the team at Intelligence Driven Advisors. If you're ready for financial detox and a better tomorrow, call 877-707-8889. Get answers to your questions. That's 877-707-8889. That's financialdetox.com. 
for podcasts and information. And if you like what you've heard, be sure to hit the subscribe button. That way, you'll be notified about upcoming podcasts. You'll take one more step toward financial peace of mind. This content is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or recommendations to buy or sell any types of securities. Mr. Labram and Intelligence Driven Advisors are not responsible for the consequences of any decisions or actions taken as a result of information provided in this program and do not warrant or guarantee the accuracy or completeness of the information provided. The information discussed today reflects the views of Mr. Labram and his guests as of the date of this show and are subject to change without notice. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any forward-looking statements or forecasts are based on assumptions, and actual results may vary from any such statements or forecasts. No reliance should be placed on any statements or forecasts when making an investment decision. Accordingly, listeners should not rely solely on information provided today in making any investment decisions. There is a risk of loss of investing in securities, including the risk of loss of principal. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will be profitable or suitable for particular investors, financial situation, or risk tolerance. Asset allocation and portfolio diversification cannot assure or guarantee better performance and cannot eliminate the risk of investment losses.